0: Thank you, worship team, for leading us in song. And as they make their way down, I invite you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. Romans is a pretty big letter in the New Testament. And so the New Testament is towards really the back of the Bible, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. Then the Acts of the early church, and then you'll find Romans. It's a nice big letter, 16 chapters. Some of those chapters are pretty long. And so I invite you to open to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. And as is often the case in the letters, we get the, um, and because of this, and we move forward, or and then, and this is one of those occasions um, where we're in the middle of a really big movement of understanding theology. And yet, um, I want us to start at 31 through 39, and before we read God's word, I want to ask this particular question. As you hear the word today and what the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Rome, does he believe this with his heart, soul, and mind? And and does his belief matter to him? Is there conviction and passion in what is believed? Or is it just some information that got written down a couple thousand years ago and sent around by letters? Or is it the type of thing that you write down because you believe it because it has an impact on your life, and because your heart is invested in what you're saying. Pay attention for that as you hear these words from Romans 8, chapter 30, Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39. But before we read God's word together, let's pray. God, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit, our teacher, and your glory, Jesus our primary concern as we attend to your word and to the creeds that you have given us to live by. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Romans chapter eight, picking up at verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding or praying for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think the Apostle Paul believes what is being written. And I think just by the words used, these words matter. And as we go into a series on the Apostles' Creed, if you maybe grew up and you know the Creed by memory, you might have recognized that there's quite a bit of language pulled from Romans 8 and lots of other places in Scripture that are used in the Apostles' Creed. That the Apostles' Creed is a document that we have that comes from Scripture, gives us this gift, and then it helps us read Scripture more faithfully. But the wording, the substance of the creed, is found in Scripture, in passages like Romans 8, 31 through 39, where the Apostle Paul is writing about the love of Christ that is inseparable from us, that nothing can take it away from us, nothing can pull it out of us, but Christ's love will be with us through everything, Paul, I believe, believes what he wrote, and I also believe that he cares about what he believes and that what he believes, what he believed when he was living on this earth mattered to him a great deal. Now, the word believe is kind of a, it's got some different applications, doesn't it? Sometimes when we say things that we believe, it's the things that I believe this in the core of my being, down to my soul, I believe this. And sometimes what we believe can be like, are you free on Thursday? I believe I am. And we can say believe in a way that's like, well, I'm, I'm not sure, I think so, but I don't know so kind of thing. That can also be belief. Belief. I hope that as we spend our fall series studying the Apostles' Creed together, that when we talk about what we believe, it can be the former. It can be not the things that we're like, eh, maybe, hope so, like, you know, like why are more people sitting on the west side of the sanctuary than the east side of the sanctuary today? I believe it's because, I don't know, somebody must smell somewhere, Um, (laughs) I don't know. That's not a belief. That's a thinking wondering. But when we talk about belief, it's the core of our being. It's the stuff that matters. It's the substance where belief and faith don't mean you know, empirical certainty, but they do mean that it's something that I can trust and put my weight on, that it is something that I believe that it can hold the weight and it is a foundation that I can build the rest of my life out of. Hence we saying build my life. That's the belief that we're after in the Apostles' Creed, which starts with the phrase, I believe. I believe. Because I believe in Latin is credo, I believe, which is where we get our word for creed. A creed is a statement about what you believe. There's all kinds of creeds out there. But we're focused on the Apostles' Creed for this fall. And it wasn't written by the apostles, but it was a summary of their teaching. Because back in the day, not everybody could read. Their gospel is spreading to different languages. So there needed to be something that could guide Christians through what is it that you believe? What is at the core of who you are? Because if you know what's at the core, everything else that you say and think and do will come from those core beliefs. So we do well to be very mindful Of those beliefs to be conscious of them and to study them and in occasions like this to come back to the basics to come back to the foundation that we work our way out to all the other applications and the creed is a particular gift but for this to be shown um i i I really need a volunteer someone who's willing to go along with me there's no speaking lines any willing volunteers Braden is so trepidatiously raising his hand. Yeah, Braden, come on up. Um, thank you. I believe in you. Yeah, come on up. Don't worry. No speaking lines. I just, I just need you to help me out with something for a minute. It has to do with belief, okay? Don't worry. Don't worry. Do you trust me? Do you trust it on the snake on me right now? I do because, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Braden asked if I trust him that he doesn't have a snake on him right now because, yeah, mm, uh, snakes. All right. Now, Braden, we're going to talk about what you believe. And as I said, there's no speaking lines that you have to articulate, but I I do need you to help me with something. Um, So I want you to walk through, well, I want to tell you all the things that you need to believe because you're a Christian, yeah? yeah? You believe in Jesus. Good. Well, I want to give you some foundations of what you need to believe then, okay? So if you could hold this. So this one, by example, is the Bible. So um, the Bible, I need you to learn and believe a lot of things about the Bible. I need you to understand it well. All 66 books, and I need you to understand that there's different genres. There's history, there's poetry, um, there's the Gospels, there's prophecy. I need you to not only understand what they are, but what we mean by all of those things, Okay? so i need you to I need you to know the Bible really, really well, uh, but that's not all um... I also need you to know things about the time and history that the Bible was written in. I need you to understand some things culturally about um, honor-shame cultures of the ancient Near East. I need you to understand a little bit of the geography that even helps you make sense of where Jesus went and didn't go in his ministry. I need you to know some, some things about the Bronze Age and the Iron Age, because it will change your, it'll deepen your understanding of the Old Testament. When you realize things that, like, the Israelites were in the Bronze Age when the Philistines were emerging into the Iron Age, and that changes things. So some cool war history for you there. But that's not all. I also need you to understand some things about church history, the context through which we have believed these things about Jesus over the centuries, for two millennia. So uh, that's just a sticky note that doesn't matter anymore. Um, Hmm. Interesting. Never know what you might find, but that's the point of studying what you believe. So um, we've got the Bible, um, we have some theological understanding, um, some history, um, and that now we need to know um, just the different things that have changed over time. So I need you to understand different movements through church history, the monastics, the Reformation, different Protestant denominations, and the Orthodox, the East and West split, the Coptic church, because I want you to be careful about what you believe. But that's not all. I've got one more for you. Um, How are you doing with all your beliefs? Oh, no, don't worry, don't worry. You're not done with all the things that you need to believe to be a good Christian. Um, So this one is a particular favorite, Um, you need to learn some other languages to articulate what you believe. (laughs) So I need you to know that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and some Aramaic and Chaldee. I also need you to know Koine Greek, not to be confused with classical Greek, but there is some overlap of the words and Paul does some neat things and stuff. A D D minus in Spanish? That's okay. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because this is what you believe. These are the things that need to be believed. So you will understand this, and you will get an A++ forever and ever amen in Greek, Hebrew, oh, and some Latin, because if you learn some Latin, um, the Latin will help you out, the Latin will help you out a lot with some of the theology, because I need you to believe and understand what you know about things like eschatology, the last, to- the last days, Exciting, right? And I need you to understand soteriology, which is the theology of salvation. What does it mean to be saved by Jesus, and how does that make implications on your life? I need you to learn about theological anthropology, how we think God understands who we are as human beings. But that's not all. Um, I also need you to think about modern issues. Smaller book, Um, but it's okay, I've got a few of them. Um, So I need you to understand things about ethics today, contemporary issues. Um, So how do you understand things like human sexuality and abortion and politics and climate change? And, oh, but also you live in the United States. Yeah, so I need some, specifically, like how do you show up um, today Um, in what you believe? What does that matter for you? Because all of these things, I mean, some of these are really old, but I need you to think about how you're going to be a good Christian in the United States today. Um, And also, I want you to know some things about North Holland. (laughs) So, you now have everything that you need to believe to be a really good Christian well-informed, well-versed in the Bible and theology and history and what that means for your life today. So are you feeling good with this? I need you to take what you believe with you everywhere that you go. I ain't walking with all these books. (laughs) You're not walking with all those books? Well, but Braden, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave the Great Commission, and he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and I will be with you through all of this to the very ends of the earth. So what I need you to do to follow through on what Jesus told you to do is I need you to take everything that you believe, and I need you to basically share everything you know with about 10,000 people. Time is short, and so I need you to take it with you, and I need you to share everything you know with everyone. So Jesus started with 12 and had the 72. Um, that, that, That might not work fast enough. So take all this and share it with 10,000 people. So you can take that with you and go back to your seat. I was going to push him. (laughs) I feel like I just missed an opportunity. Good job. You ever feel like that's what it's like? And that, what I just did to Braden, is not what Jesus meant for us to do. There is always more to learn. There's always more to learn about the Bible. There's always more to learn about theology. There's always more to learn about the world around us today and how we show up as a faithful Christian witness. But it doesn't mean we just pile on information after information after information. If somebody were to ask you what you believe, at the core of that should be your identity in Christ, that you are a Christian, that you believe things about who God is and what that means for you in the world. But that doesn't bury us underneath everything else. It takes about 72 hours to read the Bible out loud, so even if you told someone, well, I believe the Bible, does that mean that you have 72 hours to just share with them everything that you know and believe? You probably won't have that kind of time, and it's unlikely that it would be super cool if you had memorized the entire Bible that you could share it. And even within the Bible, in this big wide world of the church, there's nuances, sometimes disagreements, about how we understand parts of the Bible. And there are thoughtful, passionate disagreements, even in reading the Bible, and that's among other Christians. So how then do we live with all of the things that we can learn, knowing that there is always more to it? And as as Ecclesiastes tells us, of the writing of books, there is no end. With much knowledge comes much grief. Or sore arms, I suppose. Friends, this is why we have the Apostles' Creed. Because it is a summary that gets at the heart and core of what is a major Doctrinal issue for us as Christians There's always more to it and I hope that in Rooted and in our children worship classrooms and on Wednesday nights and at youth group We are always learning and adding to our knowledge But the reason that we're going to the Apostles Creed is because it takes passages like Romans 8 And summarizes what are the core takeaway things that we need to hold on to And not just Romans 8 but lots and lots of scripture exhaustively taken into one simple creed a creed, a statement of what you believe. What do you take with you? What is so deep in your heart that it cannot be shaken from you because it's who you are and who you know Christ to be? Now, I grew up hearing the Apostles' Creed often, and it is a goal of mine that by the end of this series, if you don't already, you will know the Apostles' Creed by memory. So not today, but every subsequent week, we're going to recite it together, but not just out of this rote, you know, like old monotone preacher, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord. I mean, that's what I kind of grew up with, and maybe some of you did as well. I want us to think about the Apostles' Creed as something that is short enough that we can memorize it because we can hear it enough times that it gets in our head and it gets in our heart, and when it is deep within us, it is a conversation piece in itself. But not just a lecture. I could bore Braden to sleep with different topics of things that I know about. So if you ever have insomnia, I'm your guy. But rather, shouldn't our beliefs in Christ be something that, like the way Paul wrote to the church in Rome, where you can almost tell that he's excited? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We need that kind of passion with what we believe, but it can't start on the fringes with how we live things out. It has to start at the core of what's in our heart. And so if you were asked, what do you believe would it be a conversation that you could have of i believe in god okay there's lots of gods to choose from like what do you know i believe in god the father almighty meaning i believe that god is almighty that there's some things in this world that i don't understand but i trust that there is a sovereign god who has a longer reach over history that God is watching over us. As the Heidelberg Catechism tells us about this part of the Apostles' Creed, it is what allows me to be patient in affliction because I don't always like the way the world is and I don't like the things that happen to my loved ones and to my family, but I still believe in God the Father Almighty who is over that. Oh, okay, good, so there's a nice God up in heaven. No. Not just up in heaven, not, not just removed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. God is not just a resident of heaven, but he has created the heavens where the angels reside. And this world and this universe is his handiwork. That every plant and animal that I see is part of God's creation. I believe that every sunset and mountain range and desert is part of God's handiwork. With beauty written on it for his authorship. I believe that God created all of this and that does make a difference for how I live my life because if creation was a gift that was given to us as humanity, I want to take care of it as God's gift. This matters to us. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Okay, that sounds good, but that's not where it ends. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord. Our Lord. Oh, so kind of like a Zeus and Hercules thing. No, not like that. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, meaning he lived here. He lived as a person just like us, though not like us, because he was perfect. Wow, sounds like this Jesus of yours that you believe in probably had a pretty good life being God's son walking around on the earth. No, he suffered under Pontius Pilate who is a historic figure, which tells you that this happened in the days of Rome being in power. He suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified, and he died. Wow, so people managed to kill your God that you believe in? That's not where it ends. He was crucified, he died, and he was buried, and he descended to hell. But on the third day, he rose again. Whoa, is he still around today? Nope. From there, he ascended to heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, the one that we started the creed with, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Jesus ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from there, he will come to judge the living and the dead, meaning that I believe that while I'm here on earth, my actions do matter and they have consequences, and I want to weight my life in such a way that my scales align with God's purposes for me. And when I die... There will be things that I will have missed out on that I won't have done well, times that I just messed up and got it wrong. But I know that when I die, since it is Christ who does not condemn me that will judge me, that the scales are balanced not from my effort but because Christ has already atoned for my sin. That when I stand before God, that it is Christ who will judge me and his righteousness is why I am found right before God. That sounds pretty good. Ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. Is that all? Well, no. I believe in the Holy Spirit. There's a third person of the Trinity, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together, and there's always more that we can learn, and there's books upon books we could write about it. But I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. Oh, Catholic Church, one of, like, Roman Catholic. Well, they're part of the Catholic Church. We're using it as an adjective. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, meaning that there are churches all over the world, and they have some nuances, some disagreements and differences in how they believe, but I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, meaning anywhere that God's people gather around the Word and around the table of our Lord, this is part of the church. I believe in the communion of saints, meaning that it's not just us at North Holland to come to this table, but it is people the world over who share communion together because this is Christ's table that he invites his children to from all over the world. The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, through Christ, I am forgiven. I believe in the resurrection of the body. Christ's body, yes. And also, because of Christ, I believe in my own resurrection that will take place when Christ shall return that this is gonna be preserved by God and brought to new life. The resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. I believe these things in the core of my being and every decision that I make in life has to flow from the core summary of all that we can find, of all the books that we could stack in Braden's arms. At the core of it is that belief, the summary of the apostles teaching who walked with Jesus handed down from their day to ours. I believe these things. Amen. Let's pray. God, as we go into this fall, help us to pay attention to that which we believe. Help us to hold it dearly and closely. And may it not just be a boring intellectual exercise, but one that involves our heart, soul, and mind with passion and care. May we take our beliefs and look at them and observe them and remind ourselves what do we know and not know about this thing that we claim to believe. And may our desire to be more like you be at the core of our, of our growth in belief. This we pray in your holy name, Jesus, and all the communion of saints said, amen.